Hey, I got to tell you what, I have been remiss. Robert Steinbach is here as uh, my guest co-host today. want to remind you that he is a law professor at the Bowen School of Law over at UALR, and his opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of UALR or the Bowen School of Law. I want to make sure I don't get him in trouble. I appreciate that. I'm going to keep that from happening. Mark Johnson is here. He's state senator from over in Maumelle. And and all the way up to Clinton. That's right. Man, that's an amazing amount of territory. It, it's 79 miles long, Dave. Was it about a foot and a half wide? About, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one, Rob. <laughs> it's actually even wider than it's. It, it's. I have parts of five counties. I have all of Conway County. Yeah. And I have parts of Van Buren, Faulkner, Perry, and Pulaski. Wow. So it's a wonderful district, and I You'll enjoy be happy to note, sitting here talking to me today, that I was driving up to Branson just a few weeks ago listening to us clearly in Damascus. That's one of the reasons we advertised that's on your yeah, show last week. And I had man. Steve Stevens doing my voiceover on my spot. Yep. So Absolutely. I had a lot of people comment on that. But, yeah, it's it's good. It's We have very good service on uh, the answer up, up in Van Buren and in North Faulkner County. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, let's talk. You came back and looked like a scalded dog earlier today. You just come back from the Education Committee. I was talking to Alan Clark, and he said, welcome to the legislature. So what happened today? Well... Uh, That's his best Reagan impersonation. Well, I can't can't quite do that the same way, but Dave, uh, there is a uh, requirement under the law that the legislature determine what is the adequate level of support for public education, K through 12. Uh, and like people want to talk about pre-K, want to talk about higher ed. That's not mandated to talk about as far as the adequacy. It's it's K-12. Uh, there is There are two schools of thought, let me put it this way. One school of thought is that we, the General Assembly, should hold hearings and listen to all the stakeholders and include superintendents, teachers, parents, educational, and you're doing air quotes, experts. Correct. And uh, get input on what all should go into what's called the matrix, which is the funding formula, so to speak. And there are some things that are funded in education that are outside the matrix. But, uh, of course, a lot of it is a per capita thing. And then what do you do with a small school district uh, that has, you want to have, say, 20 students in in a kindergarten class? Well, what if you've got... 22 students do you have two classes or can you still just have one i mean these sound like trivial things but you've just doubled the number of kindergarten teachers you have to have in a small district these are the kind of things we grapple with um the 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 one school of thought is we need to bring in one of these out-of-state educational experts Uh to help us figure this out. There's so many terms in that phrase that I don't like. Out of state, <laughs> expert, educational. Yeah. I'm not sure there are well, any words in there and, I do and like. And then, and then it even gets further complicated. You've got more than one group of uh, educational experts. You think? And, uh, <laughs> right. and we actually, and I, there was one, we had two that, well, really there was three, but for all practical purposes, there were two that mm-hmm. submitted acceptable applications or, or, or proposals. And the people who tend to want to bump the money up 
were favoring, I'll call them Group A. Mm-hmm. And those of us that really wanted to kind of think outside the box, maybe do things a little different. Maybe we, limit government? Well, what we were really looking at is <laughs> finding some new ways to do it that might be, A, more efficient, and B, yield a better result. And, of course, you know the definition of insanity is doing, doing the same thing sure. over and over again, expecting a different but Mark, result. But, Mark, can I just interrupt just briefly to say, apparently you haven't learned the lesson that when there's a problem, it's always solved with more money, is it not? That's why I ran for the Senate in there the first place. Yeah, that's there right. I now, remember part, that. Now, part of the thing here is that uh, – there are some things that obviously are going to require some funding. But of course. This, this, there, there is an unholy alliance of organizations. And sadly to say, sometimes uh, <clears throat> our Association of Educational Administrators are part of this. And there are many wonderful people in that group. And their, their uh, executive director is a, literally a lifelong friend. His father was my uh, junior high principal. But, but a lot of our superintendents... Uh, they believe the way to do this is to tilt the scale so they get more money. Now, I hear them. I have superintendents in my district come to me with problems saying, look, y'all mandate we do one, two, three, four, and we get enough money to do one, two, three. Now, what do we do about four? Help us. And I get that, and, I, and, I, and we're working on that. It's, it, it's just like this, this scenario I mentioned with the kindergarten. Uh, you know, well, where do you draw the line? Where do you say, well, if you're 2% over, you can keep this is class size, but if you're 3% over, you got to add another teacher. I mean, you could see how complicated that kind of thing of course. is. But uh, if we'll stick to our principles and realize that start, start with the presumption that more money is not necessarily the answer. And second of all. Wow, that, if you can just get them to do that. You've made a huge move forward. Well, I don't think he'll get them to do that, but the legislature hopefully will do <laughs> that. Well, and, and, and sad to say, and we're here because of filing. Yes. Uh, there are some members of the General Assembly, some of them on my side of the aisle, that uh, have supported this status quo and, and the way that we do business. And uh, they listen, I think, to the wrong constituents in their district rather than the more conservative ones. And I think that, you know, there could be some uh, uh, political problems for them because people are wising up. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, and now this isn't over either. Dave. This passed out of edu- the joint. It's joint. Actually, it's not joint. Edu- it's Senate and House Education Committees meeting jointly. Okay. I guess that's a wow. distinction without a difference. Indeed. Right? Indeed. But uh, this will go. This will go before the full legislative council, and they will have to approve this contract. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm coming around to the point of view that maybe, just maybe, we don't need any consultant. And and I'll tell you what I learned. I actually ran into this guy in before your time, gentleman by the name of David Matthews, former state representative from Northwest Arkansas, Democrat. I would say he wouldn't be insulted if I called him a little bit left to center, but a, a thoughtful, good guy that was actually drafted this adequacy legislation. He wrote the bill, and he said, "You know, Mark, we weren't we didn't want y'all to go hire a bunch of consultants. We wanted you to have hearings and." all of the state and bring in the stakeholders and get the input and sit down with the staff and draw up a bill that meets the, the criteria. I mean, we know what the subject matter is. We've been exactly. doing it long enough. Exactly. And, and I, very good people that mean well and want to help our kids disagree with me on the methodology. Mm-hmm. I think we all want good things for the kids, but I just happen to believe that uh, 
what the sponsor of the original legislation said is what we need to go back to. Now, now I'm old. I've been here, not in the Senate, but I've been around this for so long. I remember before a lot of these guys were here, and we did it a little differently. And I, I think you ask what happened today, that's what happened. We're, okay. That, that, and it's, it's not that all the people on those two committees are good people that want the right things, and I agree with them on many, many things, but this particular way to go about it, I just think it's not the right way to do it. You stick around just for a few minutes? Sure, of course. All right, let's take a break for the news. When we come back, we'll talk to uh, the senator for a few more moments, and then I'll let him go. I'm going to send Wayne Beach over on a mission. Bring back Doyle Webb here on the Dave Ellswick Show. right they are off uh, today's first day of filing it goes until next tuesday it goes next tuesday because it's veterans day on monday and uh, this is usually the busiest day but the last day will be busy as well I'm sure. a lot of people are watching right now do i want to take that person on what kind right. of resources do they have behind them things of that nature because you got to think about that stuff because Folks, again, to run for the House, it's three grand. To run for the state Senate is $7,500. I don't know about anybody else, but I can't pull that out of my wallet right now. As a Republican. Yeah, as Democrats a Republican. Democrats have different fees, and, and they seem to be trending down. Interesting. Well, well, they also trend down in their population in the legislature, <laughs> so I'm not sure it's a viable That's option. That's it comes down I to. Wouldn't, I wouldn't try to save the money on that. You know, Dave, um, we were talking with uh, Senator Johnson uh, um, before the break, and he raised a very important point that I think is deserving of some emphasis, mm-hmm. and that is the legislature are the bosses of government state government officials. So when you get a state government official come in to say, well, we need more of this or we need that. That's fine because we want their opinions. But I'm sick and tired, Mark, when I hear state legislatures, uh, legislators tell me and, and the public in general, they say, well, I don't know, the superintendent of this school district or the chiefs of these police uh, departments said we can't have stand your ground or they would need more money. And these uh, elected officials say, well, that's what they told us. No, that's your job. And I know you're one of the good elected officials yeah. who said, 
say who understands that. But I think we need to spread that message a little farther. And I think here's, you did a great job, just Rob, of, of saying it. That Thank is you. ultimately the problem, especially on the budget situation. Right. We decide where the money's spent. That's we have right. a balanced budget law. We must balance it. So we might have to take it away from this program to fund that program. That's that's all we do. Set priorities. That's in that right. Regard. That's right. Yeah. And and unfortunately, I've found enough legislators who find it easier to run for office over and over again by following the lead instead of taking the lead. I couldn't have said it better myself, <laughs> Rob. But, but take it a step further. Yes, you sir. know. Uh, it's it's a matter of priorities. It's not that that whatever a superintendent or or any well, that's uh, right. uh, police chief whatever that's says right. we we want to do this. Okay, what does it cost? What's the benefit? What's the uh, uh, actual? Uh, uh, you know, what's the trade-off? That's right. We because. were talking we were talking about that when it came to taxes, and I said, look, we pay more than enough in taxes. Uh, we uh, take home far less than we give to government in various taxes. So when someone says, but we need to do this, my response is, great, go cut something else. Exactly. And uh, it, it goes back to something that our friend that's offices around the corner here, Lieutenant Governor Griffin, yeah. he talks about a thing he calls the toe tax. And that's from doing things the old way. We can do things just as well, if not better, and sometimes cut the cost to the taxpayers by not doing it the old way. That's right. And, and sometimes we have to say to taxpayers, I, we're all amongst them, guess what? Not everything gets on the list. And, you know, I've been around a lot, so long, I remember when we really did treat the revenue stabilization law as something that was a, it was just a spending priority. It mm-hmm. didn't all go into category A. I was telling somebody the other day, you know you're, you're old. When you walk around the Capitol and you see these busts of all these famous Arkansans, former governors, and you knew them all personally. personally. <laughs> famous and infamous. As well. But yeah. uh, in the, I was in the rotunda. We had the four previous before Governor BB, and, and of course, I, I worked for for two of them and knew all of them, and it, it's just... That, but the fact is that for much of Arkansas's history, it was all about we didn't hardly have enough money to take care of the needs, much right. less the want list. The treasurer's office is right here in the rotunda, and people wonder, well, why the treasurer? You'd think the governor would be the one in the center of the capital, but no, it was the treasurer because the state would issue scrip, you know, basically an IOU, and you could come to the capital and go into that office in there and bring the scrip, and they would pay you based on that IOU until they ran out of money for that week and they closed the window and you had to come back next week because they had run out of cash. That's the way Arkansas operated. Right. And it was a, literally a hand-to-mouth operation. Right. And, right. and now we everyone just presumes that anything government wants to do needs to be done. Yeah. And that's just not true. We need to Amen. seriously look back and say, now, do we really need to do that or can we do it a little better? That's right. And that's that's the the bias I think we have to change. Yeah. That's right. Now, Mark, it seems to me what I'm seeing on the state level with bringing in these special, educated specialists to tell you guys the best way to run our state is what we see on the federal level, where they devised different committee, not committees, different agencies, the you know education. Uh, EPA and all the rest so that politicians could say, hey, we're just doing what we're being told. Yeah, these experts over here told us to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can vote 
and and kind of make people understand, well, you know, I didn't have anything else that I could do on this. Well, and one of the disturbing trends that I've seen in the, the education committees this interim time has been that uh, it's literally been an abdication of, of that role. I mean, yeah. And gosh, well, we've tried to go around the state and have hearings, but we couldn't get enough people, meaning legislators, to right. show up. And I'm thinking, well, that's called doing your job. That's right. And if you can't do your job in the interim, and I, I believe me, it's much busier than I ever anticipated in the interim, but you know, maybe you need to be on a different committee or maybe you need to, to pass that responsibility on to somebody else. I mean, I, I asked for this job and I'm going to try to do this job as best of my ability. Well, right. if, if, and if the legislators continue to rubber stamp administrators, the, the, the people who report to the legislators, maybe we do away with the legislators. I don't get carried away. <laughs> but again, it's, it's, it's just all it up to your response. That's right. You know, I'm that's, being facetious. And that's, what, pro- that's right. really, but you've hit the nail right. on the head. Prove, that, that's right. That's the problem. And people want to pass the buck and say, well, gosh, that police chief, he right. was concerned about this. Stand your ground. I'm thinking. Well, he was one vote for you, maybe. All right. right. How many people that are sitting out there in your district voted for you. They put you in the office. You should be listening to them. And you answer to them, of course. And, and on that issue, believe me, I know where my constituents oh, absolutely. stand. And they stand for the to stand your ground. And, and again, a man's home is his castle. That's all it comes down it's to. It's not complicated math. No, you know? not at all. It's not calculus. No, no, no. Right. Not at all. And I remember one of those police... It is for a Democrat. Well, of course it is, uh, because they're, they're too busy wringing the hands all the time. <laughs> they can't actually do the math on the back of the envelope. Yeah. Uh, but I remember when the police chief was saying, well, you know, that means someone can go home and come back to the space that they are legally entitled to be carrying the gun that they could have carried in the first place. Really? That's exactly what it means, Mr. Right. Police Chief. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that, unfortunately, every kind of, of, and I I don't want to call our our police bureaucrats, but everyone that is in some kind of a governmental office that has a job to do, there are things that they see as problematic to, it would ease their job if you didn't have certain rights that we happen to enumerate them in the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if, you know, if we could get rid of all those, those idiots that don't believe like Dave and I, you know. But, no, that's the whole point of the Bill of Rights. And, and when you get down to things like uh, the, the First Amendment and freedom of religion, I keep telling people it wasn't to protect the government from religion. It was to protect religion from, from the, the government. government. That's exactly right. And, and it's the same way. This, this is, you know, no one even thought you'd be any question about you defending your own home. Right, right. I mean, we, of course you're going to have a gun. You're going to defend right. your home. The question was, what about defending it against the government? That's right. And, and, that, and people lose sight of that. That's Go back to, you know, 1776. You know, you, you had the king coming in saying, well, I've got. 20 soldiers here we want you to move out so we can quarter them in your home i mean this is why we had all this stuff written in the way it was in the first place exactly absolutely let me ask you one last question sure 2020 is just around the corner i know people don't like to hear that but we are in november we'll have the elections coming up in march uh and then people are going to have to start thinking about the initiated acts that are going to show up on the ballot come november there's a couple of really important ones. One, half-cent sales tax for roads. Two, the changing of how are we going to do 
you know, do the whole thing about uh, politicians and how many years they get to serve and term limits and things of that nature. Looks like good chance we're going to look at uh, recreational marijuana. There's a lot of important issues coming. And and the one one that really concerns me that you didn't mention, Dave, is this uh, so-called Citizens Commission to draw the uh, uh, legislative districts. I brought that up earlier today. I'm and, glad you and, and it, it's, it up. It's a, frankly, it's a frightening thing because we know who's behind it and we know what they're doing nationally to try to – I mean, for 146 years – the Democrats are in charge in Arkansas. Republicans finally take over. We're going to change the rules. Oh, yeah. we don't, wait a second. We just realized after 146 years and losing control of the legislature, we don't like that rule anymore. Yeah. Really? Well, they didn't really, like that, they didn't like that rule when, uh, you know, governorship and a whole lot of other but, things. But, the, but the, the drawing those boundaries is a political process. You're not going to get it. But it, it needs to have a little bit more common sense and the give and take amongst the the politicians is what gives us a, a better product and i hope people do not again these are out-of-state experts they oh, yeah. want to bring in yeah. to yeah. draw your legislative yeah. districts it couldn't get any worse look at the shape of my district if you want to see something funny i mean right. but i love it because it's where my friends are and right. all that but it you know whoever if you took a if you got drunk and drew a map line you'd come up with something like that and that's the way it is but but you mentioned those the, the recreational marijuana thing regardless of someone how someone feels about the uh uh, uh, medical marijuana, the whole process we've used and the way that it's you had uh, uh, vendors that misrepresented their ownership. I mean, it's, it's scandalous the way as far as we are right now. We don't have the the DUI issue worked out on it. Nope. I, mean, I mean, regardless of whether you think, OK, marijuana is OK, there's a lot of loose ends on what we have today, much less opening it up and the workforce. We know it will cost the state jobs if we have uh, open, literally open marijuana. But it McDaniel's will... going to get rich on it, so isn't that reason enough? <laughs> you know, it, it, but that's what it comes down to, right. Rob, is who's going to be making the money. That's on. right. And, and whether it's, it's a monopoly in West Memphis or Hot Springs or Pope County in gambling, right. or whether it's uh, a monopoly on marijuana or whatever, unfortunately— Lately, that's what our initiatives have been. That's right. They've been someone writing themselves into the Constitution and creating a monopoly. For that's themselves. exactly right. And that's what worries me and bothers me more than anything. I think if the people fully understand an issue, they'll vote right. But they were totally hoodwinked in 2018 on those. It's okay. an abomination. It really is. Yeah. All right. Uh, half cent sales tax. Going to extend it. Ex, you know, into in perpetuity and p make it part of the Constitution. That's what I really take exception to. I, I voted to allow the people to vote on it, Dave. I probably will not vote for it because I'm not happy with some of the things that the, the highway department has been doing. I, I mean, I have an open mind. Really? I believe we should tax ourselves <laughs> to do, to build roads, and my district well, needs roads. But uh, – one of the original proponents of it was former state representative Jonathan Barnett, who served on the highway commission. And he said, we made a deal to make it temporary, and now we're, we're changing the deal. That's and, what Stephen Meek said as and well. That's, and the, I, I do have a problem with that. Now, uh, this is not the only way to fund the roads. I don't like putting taxes in the Constitution. Again, and I did vote to allow the people to vote on this, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm, 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 I'm skeptical. 
And I would certainly support maybe in the future an alternative to funding it. But uh, there needs to be a bias. If you have a constitutional bias, it should be a bias against the taxes rather than a bias for it. That's exactly right. That's where we are. I'll let you go home. you got a great guy here coming up. A couple of guys, we're going to bring them on. They're, these these they're young kind of, they're kind of like Republicans keep coming yeah. in and, and and making me feel even older and older, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, they're from down the land of my nativity, as some people say, okay. in South Arkansas. And, and uh, Ben is from Crossit. I was born in Crossit. Oh, very nice. And uh, his dad's a hospital administrator. I was born in a hospital. Oddly in enough. Where are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they but, just invented them when you were born, right? right? Just right before. Exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. There are people who think that I was born on the back 40 somewhere. I live That's what on they the back think. 40. I think you were born on the back of a mule, if you ask me. <laughs> well, Dave, I'm glad you're hobbling around. And, and yeah. Rob, thanks again for Good all you, you do to Thank you. keep us in line and keep these these folks from, Thank you, from not having secret meetings Appreciate and hiding from the I try. It was great. Thank well, you we'll both. We'll keep working. Thank you. Great. We'll see you around. You, we hear the rest of the week here? No. No, no you'll be back at your I'll your be place. back in the studio oh, as How about the tomorrow. last day? Will you be back home? Nah, probably not. It'll be exciting. Yeah, but I have the power <laughs> panel here, and everybody okay. will be, oh, my God, he's got the power panel. Yeah, great. All right, we'll take Thank a break. You. we got more coming your way. Our thanks to the senator for being with us. Going to introduce you to a couple of new guys when we come back. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 